Nvidia says, screw your wallet. Also, don't plug in your GPU too many times. Tesla has to recall a million of their cars and AMD can get their chips up to seven gigahertz. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. We're gonna start off today by talking about some comments made by CEO Jensen Wong in some media interviews after the announcement of the RTX 40 series, which in case you haven't been caught up on all of that news, you could watch our previous episodes of hot news right up there. But suffice it to say, they're launching cards at a more expensive price point than they used to be previously. Something like the RTX 4080 12 gigabyte, used to be what we would consider a 70 card. So we would expect it to be an RTX 4070, but they're calling it a 4080 and charging you $900 for it. So in response to all of this, wondering why prices are going up, uh, Jensen Wong says chips going down in price is a story of the past. Additionally, Moore's law is dead. Specifically saying a 12 inch wafer is a lot more expensive today. The idea that the chip is going to go down in price is a story of the past. And in case you're not familiar with what Moore's law is. It's not like a real law. It was like a guideline presented by the co-founder of Intel, which essentially said that processing power or rather transistors on a chip should double every year or two years or 18 months, depending on when the law was discussed and that that would happen not due to technology increasing, but because of economic factors where things would get cheaper. So while Jensen isn't saying that they won't ever be able to double their GPUs again, he is saying that, hey, the economic incentives are no longer there. You just gotta suck it up. You gotta enjoy the higher prices because that's the only way you're gonna get a faster GPU, specifically saying the performance of NVIDIA's $899 GPU or $1599 GPU a year or two years ago at the same price point, our performance with Ada Lovelace is monumentally better off the charts better, which is weird because they gave you charts. So I don't know how it's off the charts, but also very specific charts where it's like only if it's using DLSS three and it's like one of the three modern games that are actually going to use it. And then also like in in uh, you have to have the new hardware. OK, because of course, it's like the RTX 40 series is the only one that can use DLSS three. So it's infinitely better than any other card at using it. This does seem to coincide with him previously saying that Moore's Law is dead. He's kind of reiterated this at every launch that this is just not a thing anymore. So stop asking me about it. And companies are no longer pursuing it as a benchmark. However, some other companies are saying Moore's Law is alive and well, and it just takes a lot of re-engineering and rethinking about how we're going to do things. But regardless, the sentiment is the same. The CEO of NVIDIA has a message for you. Stop asking for cheaper graphics cards. Deal with the $1,600 ones. And if you can't, Enjoy that, you should work harder and earn more money. You can't save money? Well, you should have been mining. Oh wait, that was us when we took all of that money out of the profits for that, which I just wanna share some comments on this Ars Technica article of man with near death grip on an industry says prices on the things he sells just have to go up. Did you hear that friends? Suck up the price disparities. Just pay more money for the graphics cards because Papa Nvidia told you to. Do you vibe with this? Do you not? I know my comments on the matter come across a little snarky, but if you disagree with that approach to this, just also let me know down below in those comments. I want to hear from you, but you're going to be hearing from your graphics card sometime soon, especially if you're going with the RTX 40 series and you happen to be using one of the new PCI Express 5.0 power adapters, the new 16 pin boys, because now we're seeing guidance from board part 
partners that you can only plug this bad boy in 30 times before it might actually cause an issue. And they're specifically saying it's limited to the service life with up to 30 connects and disconnects. So rather, you can only plug it in and unplug it 15 times before it could potentially cause issues of hot spots on the actual connectors and potentially even melting issues due to so much power being delivered through the wires because it's it, it's capable of delivering 600 watts and it the cables are thinner than what you had on the traditional eight pin power connectors and so it's it's just the laws of physics hotter temperatures with one of the comments on this topic being my concern is not so much about the 30 cycles but more for the quality and safety of this connector that will deliver 600 watts of cards with such a short lifespan so it does seem to be a really weird limitation that's going on it just happens to be due to the physical limitations on this connector but the average person is not going to run into this as an issue most people are going to unplug their gpu once maybe twice during cleaning over the course of their PC. The people who really want to disassemble it to fully clean it out maybe will go up to five or six times. It's really only gonna be in the enthusiast level places where things are getting swapped around a lot or in the tech YouTube space where YouTubers are reusing these adapters on potentially even multitudes of cards that we might start seeing some issues that could potentially lead to burnout, overheating and uh, discombobulating of your GPU. So it could potentially be a bad thing, especially in the used market. But I think the average person, this isn't such a big deal, but it, it does raise a concern of like, this wasn't a durability issue previously. And now all of a sudden it is bummer. Also, I just want to comment for one second. I keep calling this thing the 16 pin, which somebody called me out for on a different episode of Hot News. And they're like, I only see 12 pins. And like, yes, there are 12 power pins, but then there's four sensor pins up here. So it's a 16 pin connector. It's like, it's, it's more than just the, it, but it's called the 16-bit. It's also called the PCI Express 5.0. Anyways, you're updating to a worse connector. Celebrate it. But we also got some more RTX 40 series news. NVIDIA's just kind of been publishing a lot more out to the media, especially since GTC is taking part. And they showed off the RTX 4090 and the clocks that we could expect to see on those cards up to 2.85 gigahertz. And what they showed is the power draw that's going on on these GPUs while you're playing various games like Cyberpunk with DLSS 3 or running it at native. And so what they showed is that the average FPS at native 1440p with RTX got you 461 watts of power draw, which is a heckin' ton. But then when you turn on DLSS 3, you get uh, nearly triple the amount of FPS, but you also drop your power consumption by about 100 watts, presumably because the ray tracing and CUDA cores aren't working as hard and the tensor cores are doing the heavy lifting and they just happen to be more power efficient. So it's not a 450 watt card. You're just using it wrong. Play games that have DLSS 3 if you don't like the power draw. Also, NVIDIA confirming one of the things that I think a lot of people wanted to know is that these cards are going to support AV1 encode, and specifically, they kind of crapped all over NVENC, and they were like, ah, it sucks when you compare it to AV1, but these new cards are getting a brand new generation of NVENC, the eighth generation, and they're also getting AV1 encoding, so there's updates all around when it comes to the encoding side of the RTX 40 series, which NVIDIA didn't care to mention because they only gave us two 
two and a half whole minutes on the graphics card in the first place. And it doesn't even take that long for me to get through a week's worth of crypto stonks, but let's talk about it. Bitcoin up 4.3% to be at 19.203. Look at that bad boy increase just a little bit. Ethereum also up 5% to be at 13.16. And Dogecoin's up 4.38% to be at 5.9 centurinos, which is what I would call Reese if he was still living in Centurion, which he never did, but he has a cousin who lives in Centurion. Did you know that? Let's talk about the UFD deals, Reese. Everyone, welcome back to UFD deals. We're bringing the hottest tech deals out on the internet. I hope you guys are having a better morning than I did. I had a spider on the inside of this hoodie as I put it on this morning, so that's a that's a new fear unlocked for me. But I've got some new unlocked deals for you guys, starting with the Team Group T-Force Extreme ARGB DDR4 RAM. The 64GB dual channel kit is running at 3600MHz and is currently going for only $209.99, which is $80 off, 28% off, and the lowest price in 30 days. And then secondly, we have XFX Speedster Swift. 319, which is the AMD Radeon RX 6800 XT. That's a mouthful and a half, but it's currently going for only $579.99, which is $260 off, 31% off, and the lowest price in 30 days as well. You'll likely find a bunch of AMD deals in the next coming months thanks to the NVIDIA announcement and the upcoming AMD releases. Don't forget, you can find these deals and more links in the video description. I'll actually be at Comic Con Africa on Saturday, so if you see me, say hey. But I'm about to hand you off back to Brett now, so cheers. Thanks, big buddy. It's so weird that we have a South African doing American UFD deals. I know you guys bring this up quite often, but it's fun for me, okay? And what also happens to be fun for Tesla is recalling their vehicles because there's a new report that more than a million Teslas have to get recalled because they'll pinch you. They'll pinch your fingers. They'll pinch your fingies right off because of bad retractor mechanisms that are going into the windows on their cars. And so if you stick your fingers in there, it might not detect it. And it can cause pinching of a driver or a passenger before retracting, increasing the risk of injury. So this is applying to a million vehicles, most of the Model 3s, several of the Model Ys, Xs, and Ss. And uh, it turns out that this isn't a physical issue. This is a software update that Tesla's going to roll out in order to fix this, which happens to be how Tesla handles most of their safety recalls. They, in fact, had a recall that they had to do previously for 800,000 cars that had to do with a seatbelt issue, which was actually regarding whether or not there was like detection of the seatbelt being plugged in at certain points. But regardless, it does bring up a good conversation that I've been reading about this specific article. Tesla has a million vehicles he needs to recall, but it's just going to deliver as an over-the-air update that you don't have to go into the dealership for, and in fact, we'll do it while you're not driving the car and everything's going to be okay. Should there be a difference in the types of recalls that are out there? Because the NHTSA has told Tesla, hey, you need to be marking these things as recalls if it's a safety problem, even if you're doing a software update, but should it be a different designation? so that people know, hey, there's a recall on my car. Does this actually, do I have to bring it into the dealership or can they fix it remotely? And as cars get smarter and smarter and have more connectivity features, over-the-air updates hopefully will become standard. I mean, Tesla's been blazing the way with that. Maybe it should be called a software recall rather than a recall or just some sort of designation that this is not as difficult as a process as you might think it's going to be when you hear that a million vehicles are getting recalled. Normally you think, ah, I have to find time to be without my vehicle and take it into the freaking dealership. With Tesla, you just let it sit in the driveway. 
And with Google, you just let it sit because they're gonna show you all their phones before they're even announced because the Pixel 7 Pro and Pixel 7 are getting debuted friggin' everywhere. We now know the price as well as that there's gonna be a target pre-order bonus. You can get the Pixel 7 for $599. The Pixel 7 Pro is gonna cost $899 and then there's gonna be a $100 gift card with the 7 and $200 gift card with the 7 Pro at Target in case you wanna pick those up. And Google has just decided that they're gonna show you the entire freaking phone anyway. So here's the 7 from Google official. Like, look, there you go. And they're gonna have a Pixel Watch. They have an event on October 6th, which is allegedly when the pre-orders are gonna start and then they're all officially released on the 13th. But now you can see all the phones before they're even gonna show you the phones. And don't you worry, Meta's gonna show you to them because they want to see everything that you're doing in case you haven't been following along they've been in a tug of war against apple when it comes to app tracking that's going on on your devices with apple instituting a consent feature to apps actually tracking you across the internet and now there are class action lawsuits being brought against meta that even though users might not consent to being tracked they were like screw you we're gonna do it anyways especially in the in-app browsers that are taking place on things like facebook and Instagram. So this is something that recently got discovered and recently came out by security researchers finding that the keystrokes and tons of things are being logged while you're actually using the in-app browsers on apps, even if you didn't consent to being tracked, especially if you're on an iOS device. But now they're actually being sued for it from several users. But these are potential class auction lawsuits with not a whole lot of development going on there. Meta outrightly denies it, saying these allegations are without merit and we will defend ourselves vigorously. We've designed our in-app browser to respect users' privacy choices, including how data may be used for ads. And just considering, I mean, I'm not saying they did it, but considering Facebook's propensity for not using data correctly and being found out about it after the fact and then being like, oh, so sorry, we didn't even know that we were doing that consciously. I don't trust them. But let me know what you think of that down below. But do you trust Arctic and their MX-5 thermal paste? Not anymore, because it's gone, it's dead got replaced. It's the end of life. And now there's leaks coming out about the Arctic MX-6. Normally we don't talk about thermal face, but the MX-5 has been a staple for years. I believe I used it in the first PC build that's on this channel, which is the first video that's on this channel. Go sort by oldest on our videos and let me know what thermal paste I use because I'm not going to look it up right now, but I think it was the MX-5. So it's personal history, very popular thermal paste getting replaced by the MX-6. Soonish, especially if you want to cool these new chips that are coming out from AMD and Intel. That 7950X gonna consume a lot of heat, especially when you're trying to get it to hit 7.2 gigahertz on one core or 6.5 gigahertz on all cores. This is coming out from an extreme overclocker showing us that, yeah, you can push these chips really far. They actually have a lot of good overclocking headroom, unlike previous generation chips. Finally breaking the seven gigahertz barrier on the Ryzen side of things. I don't think we've seen that. It, Intel's been breaking seven gigahertz for a little while. I believe we're starting to see 13900Ks break eight gigahertz but it's still really good. Just for comparison, the 5950X got up to 6.35 gigahertz. So the 7950X is 14% faster in extreme overclocking when it comes to just raw frequency. So neat, you can overclock them fast. You gotta cool them, liquid nitrogen, get them down to minus, was it 192, I believe? And that's the optimal temperature you should be at when it's extreme overclocking. I, I haven't done LN2 overclocking for a while. I did it on the, I think it was the 
8700K? And we got it up to six gigahertz, 6.1, something like that. There's a video on this channel about that too. You can maybe go watch it uh, while you enjoy your weekend without hot news because it will only be back here on Monday, but we'll have videos coming out this weekend. In fact, get subscribed because we are, uh, I think we're doing GTA 4 Remastered. That should be done. See you then.